Whether you love it or hate it, marketing plays a key role in rocking your path to success. And without it, too few know you exist. But with the right strategies, you can blaze a sizzling path of admirers who are eager to buy your products and services. This is what we're talking about in today's episode. You're listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Hello, lovely Dynamic Women, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am Diane Ralston, your host. And today we're gonna talk about trailblazing strategies to rock your marketing your way with an interview with Kat Sturtz. This was an interview from the Trailblazer Summit and to be able to catch every interview that I did at the summit, just listen to past and some of the future episodes. Okay, let's get going. Hi, Kat. Hi, how is everybody? Yeah, I think everybody's good. We've got some uh, really great, trailblazers hanging out listening to us right now. So Kat Sertz is a business life mentor and the purgatory relief coach for people who think marketing is hell. You're going to get it like who's in that place. (laughs) And she's known that for her ability to help small business owners quickly move past obstacles that have kept them trapped in despair and leaking money. She has an eclectic background that includes farming, hospitality management, advertising sales, publishing, as well as business consulting and marketing services for a wide variety of small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Going back to 1971, you're starting to date yourself, Kat. (laughs) She's also an award-winning nonfiction author, yay, another author, a dynamic speaker and a workshop presenter. So since 2007, she's worked full-time as a business life mentor, coaching consultant. Her specialty is helping struggling solopreneurs and small business owners figure out what really has them stumped, stuck, or stalled, trying to attract customers and increase sales. So let's dive in, Kat. So, so much to cover here. Well, when you're as old as I am, there's a lot to cover. <laughs> I'm a proud great-grandmother, so. <laughs> great-grandmother, wow. Yeah, That's my so... old, my oldest one, my oldest great-grandchild is seven, so. Wow, my son will be seven soon. I'm an, I'm an older mom, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I no. tell people I got to start over at 19 because oh. I was medically revived three times. <laughs> Well, there's a story we sadly don't have time for. I, I know ask you about that. Okay, well, let's dive into marketing as we promised with marketing, like so many things, we want it to be faster. We want it to be the easiest route possible. So how would you suggest we do that? First of all, you have to understand what marketing is. And so many people think marketing is advertising and advertising is just this little bitty corner of what marketing is. And a lot of the people I work with, What has them in marketing hell is not understanding what marketing really is. Okay. So can you tell us what is the definition of marketing? I can. Marketing (laughs) is everything that you do to promote yourself and your business, plus what other people say about you and your business, plus your team members or employees, if you have them, anything that they do can be add to your positive marketing or detract from your marketing. So it goes much, much deeper than just 
uh, one or two things that we think of that we may have to do to market ourselves. Wow. Okay. So what do you feel are the key marketing shifts? Because I really want people to have a tangible change. So what's the, what are the key marketing shifts that we need to make now to move past feeling stumped, stuck, or stalled? Right. Well, the first one is making that shift to understand what marketing is and what it isn't. The second one is to make sure that you are actually taking time to plan out and think through your strategies because way too many people pick up a marketing tactic, jump into action with that without having any understanding of how it's going to fit in their business plan overall. So that's a big shift right there. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, acting before the strategy is in place. And that's probably the doers of the group. And then I'm guessing you also see the opposite, which is people having an amazing plan that they don't act on. Exactly. Yep. You actually have to understand what it is you want to accomplish with your business. Take some time to understand where you are and where you want to be and then figure out those actions that are going to get you from point A to point B and understand, here's another chef, understand that there is no wrong path. You can take a lot of different paths to get to where you want to go. And it's perfectly okay to change paths along the way, as long as you take responsibility for it. And taking responsibility for it often involves, I realize I really didn't want to go down that other path. So it's not just procrastination. Hmm. Yeah. And so with COVID, (laughs) do you feel like people need to change their marketing, that they have changed their marketing? Where do you think people are? Because I know it's, it's changed part of my business and it's changed all of other people's business, but how has it changed marketing? Well, a lot of people like me, and I think you too, we relied on a lot of our marketing to be face-to-face with people in live settings. And I was already online, so I was used to doing online uh, meetings and stuff. There wasn't, so there wasn't that much of a shift in what I had to think and and do, except move some of my plans for in-person events to online events. And then make sure that I was still reaching the people that were willing to come online. Uh, Because there are some people out there that still only want in-person meetings and face-to-face. And a lot of my uh, business is outside my area. I'm in a very rural part of Michigan. um, But it's surprising how much local business I still do, you know. Yeah. That changed. I think having the lockdowns that we did gave people time to actually think more about what they wanted from their businesses and actually tiptoed into that strategy thinking mode where Mm -hmm. they may have been avoiding it, especially if they were struggling, if they were in that stuck, stumped or stalled mode. It's usually because they were bouncing it from tactic to tactic to tactic and never really figuring out what was going to be working long-term and what might get them from, again, point A to point B. So I think having the lockdown was positive for a lot of people, uh, kind of the silver lining of things. And then there are people that are just worry warts and just looked at the 
the bad side of things and com continually complained about what they were no longer able to do rather than looking for the solution about what you can do. And that's another shift. You have to be looking for a solution and not mm -hmm. just looking for blame. Yeah. And I like what you were saying about looking what you can do. I often talk about it as the how can I? So a lot of times they're like, you can't do this because of that. I can't do this because of that. I can't do this. I can't. And then I'm like, well, how can you then? How can you do it? That opens up that possibility. That's almost like that eagle vision of like, what are all the potentials I could have in moving forward with this? And then exactly. which ones work for me? Exactly. And I help people understand the differences in their lives between obstacles and hidden barriers. Obstacles mm -hmm. are things we know are in our, are in our way. Yes. I'm a big procrastinator. And I think some procrastination is good because it makes yep. me step back and think about things. But then there's other times when I procrastinate and I shouldn't be. I mean, my house is never cleaner than when I'm procrastinating on working on a big project. I'm so good at it that my yeah. husband will say, you're cleaning again. <laughs> what should you be working on? So, yeah. You know, okay, that's an obstacle. I know all of the tricks to get past that but I may not have know what the hidden barrier is in the moment that keeps me doing it. And so, yeah, exactly. This episode is brought to you by your ultimate success toolkit. This is the perfect time to get clarity, planning and strategy for your life and business. This package has a little bit of all of it for your ultimate success. This toolkit has been designed to give you mindset fundamentals that are essential for getting off the treadmill of wants with no results. And then we'll drill down on getting you clear and giving you a tangible action plan. Join now by going to the link in the show notes and you'll be able to get ahead and be excited for the next year. Now, uh, an interesting thing about you is that you, you shared with me earlier that, that you've always been prone to blazing a trail and that you did that with your first book as well. So you did a first book and I did a first book. We both blazed a trail in our own way with it, but yours was back in 1986 and you yep. generated 16,000 in profits in the first eight months. So how are you able to do that? Well, not only did I generate almost 16,000 in profit in eight months, mm -hmm. it was self-published at a time where self-publishing was frowned upon. And almost nobody knew it was self-published for years and years and years. In fact, when my uh, book, uh, Market Guide for Young Writers, was picked up by Writer's Digest Books, which is the leading uh, publisher of how to write and publish books, they carried my original book in their brand new book club for years, all six editions. I was asked to speak at events on behalf that they hosted, brought to the National uh, Booksellers Association. So I was making all of this money, but they never knew I had self-published the book. And they had a policy until relatively recently that they didn't promote self-published books. That's how much of a stepchild we were. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. So you definitely were blazing a trail in the self-publishing space by, or in the, the being an author of a self-published book. And so yeah, sometimes when we do things, it is going to be different than the norm. That's what a trailblazer is. And sometimes we do and, things that scare us. 
same thing. Right. The other trailblazing thing that I had to do that I didn't recognize that immediately, I got stymied in 1984 when I first had the idea for the book, and I kept trying to make it like writer's market in the literary marketplace and trying to follow their formula. And it was just hampering me in so many ways. I had a lot of support from editors and contest sponsors that yeah. I had contacted saying, is this a good idea? Would you provide me you know, information to include in the book. Yeah. What I had to let go of was the idea that I had to do it like the current publishers were doing it. And I ended up yeah. in the first how to publish book, how to get published book that included publishing on online on the computer. I beat out Writer's Digest, the literary marketplace and many other places. My first book, included those things. I also included other elements in my book that they, those publishers, later incorporated into their books. And one of my best meeting stories ever was when I was in Cincinnati working on, I believe, the fifth edition of my book. They had acquired the publisher that I had nice. uh, signed for on, with the second edition. And we were going over this and the editor-in-chief turned to me and he said, I have to tell you something, you know, we took elements of your book and incorporated it into ours because we loved the idea and we could see how well they were working. It was at that point that I turned to him and say, by the way, that first book that you helped me uh, promote, it was self-published. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, letting letting the um, the truth out after the fact. And I think that's what what trailblazers need to do more is, you know, when you're in it, you maybe don't talk about, right? Like I wasn't walking around to my clients and being like, oh, uh, I totally lost this speaking gig or this, I did this stupid thing, or I did this crazy thing that was kind of not society's norm, but to be able to come back later and said, now I'm here, that's what I did. There's my path. So it sounds like you were able to do that around publishing, self-publishing. Yep. That's, that's, that was my biggest trailblazer moment. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Today, I wanted to go back to some of our older podcast reviews to really be able to highlight what they have said and to give them a shout out. So this one is from Jody Costello and it says spot on about lacking motivation and why not making it a priority been guilty, exclamation point. But this motivated me to reflect on a certain topic I need to get on with. Thanks for the explanation and the steps to move forward. You're very welcome, Jody. I'm really glad that that podcast around lacking motivation was really helpful for you because that's the point of these podcasts. It's not just to have me talk, but it's for me to share with you some tips, some tools, techniques, so that you can apply tangible steps to be able to move your life and business forward. So Jody, you're gonna be getting something in the mail from me. And if you haven't written a review, may I ask that you do? And if we read your podcast on the air, then we will be sending you a little something in the mail. And maybe you're wondering, how do we know what your email address is or your mailing address is? Well, we try to track you down as best we can. So when you do leave your review afterwards, email team at dianerolston.com and say, I just put in a review and say your name and then let us know what your mailing address is so we can make sure that you get a little something special. Now, if we go back to marketing, because I know that my audience, female business leaders, business owners, 
women in careers that have a side hustle or want to have a side hustle or move into a full-time business. So how do we choose the best and easiest marketing tactics that can also save us time, money, and resources? Well, that leads right into my top three strategies for doing it. Perfect. And one is you got to plan the type of marketing that feels good to you to do. The type of marketing that you don't mind when other people market to you that same way. And you want to stay away from marketing that feels icky to you. I don't care how trendy it is or how much somebody else made from it or claimed they made from it. If it feels icky to you, don't do it because chances are your ideal customers and your ideal clients won't like that tactic either. Yeah. And to me, that's a really good indication of being inauthentic when you're trying to use a tactic that you don't feel good using. Yeah. And it leads to, again, that thinking marketing is hell. If you do mm -hmm. marketing mm -hmm. in a way that feels good to you, you may not always like it. Yes. You may not always love it, but you'll come to grips for the need to do it and you'll get better at doing it and it'll provide the results that you are desiring from doing it. Nice. Yeah. And what's the next one then? The next one is establishing a good relationship with marketing. So you want to aim to attract hmm. the best fit customers and the ideal clients and not worry about the quantity of people you are attracting because quantities of people don't aren't necessarily buyers mm. that a lot of them won't be. So you're wasting a lot of time, effort, resources back to that guerrilla marketing thing. Cause I'm a, a certified guerrilla marketing coach. I just prefer the term I came up with the purgatory relief coach for yes. people who think marketing is hell. So you have to get a, have a good relationship with your own marketing and you have to be aiming directly for what you want to attract. Mm. Yes, I agree. And business is so much nicer when you, you can have repeat clients or customers. I know I love my repeat customers and clients who they're, I call them fans because they, they show up for everything I do. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Lisa. Like people that I see all the time and my newer clients um, and Anahita's here. And thank you for my newer clients like Desiree for showing up today. And then the fact that I seen the chat box, we've got like, Jackie's like, I'm in again. I'm going to be in the next book again. And then Kathy, me too. I'm in again too. Like the fact that it's just so much, there's so much joy there. And so that would make marketing easier when you already know who you're talking to. Yeah. What's the last one then? The last one is to give yourself some grace when it comes to your marketing. Some marketing will work right away and bring the results you're looking for. Some marketing takes time to develop and be out there for a while longer yeah. to be able to tell whether it's working or not working or needs a little tweaking. And then some of the things we try just are bombs and flops and you need to be willing to fail faster and more often and just get on and move and do more of what you understand works for you. Yeah. Yeah. And for yourself, mm -hmm. I'm to throw this question out there. What's your favorite way to market your business? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> I really love networking. I have, I don't advertise. I've never set out an advertisement. The few things that have been in a few publications were uh, in exchange for doing something else. Uh, so I've never actually paid for advertising. Okay, cool. Uh, 
almost all of my business is inbound uh, because people hear me speak or see me being helpful in a Facebook group or replying to other people or have taken advantage of, um, of meeting and talking with me in wow. various instances. And they'll say, how do I, how can I work with you one-on-one? Hmm. Or, you know, do you have a program? So networking for me is huge and it's probably my favorite thing to do. And I love to do it. I'm an introvert by nature, people. People don't think that about me. I've morphed into what's known as an ambivert. I choose when I want to step out and shine, but most of the time I'm in the back just observing things. So for all you fellow introverts and ambiverts out there, you do not need to be an introvert to be successful at networking. Yeah. Yeah. And those people who are, you know, seemingly confident um, might be not feeling confident in the networking piece. I know for me, I would much rather speak on the stage to the thousand people then have to small talk network to the thousand people unless I've already been on stage then it's very easy to go and talk to people but if I think yeah strangers in the room are the easiest for me if it's a big thing and there's a lot of spotlight on me I do community theater I've done uh, live tv and radio and it doesn't bother me one bit to sit still for a portrait photograph I can hardly do it (laughs) it's like which makes you more an extroverted. But if I, if I'm passionate about what I'm sharing, I'm willing to get out there and do that. Yes. And and be in the spotlight. Yes, for sure. It's, but it's knowing your passion, knowing where you're going uh, in your vision, and then having that why to drive you forward in the plan. Nice. Yeah. I I noticed that Kathy Fester said that she likes uh, networking as well. She does. She's good at it. One of the things about networking is knowing where your ideal clients are probably hanging out. And that's, that's one of those little secrets. You gotta, you gotta go where your peeps are. (laughs) Yes, true. I can remember being um, at one of my power places at one of my masterminds and the, the facilitator, I always, when I'd finish my work at home and then I'd come and ask him questions. I'd be like, come over here and ask, uh, answer this. And I'd say, you know, this is what I'm looking for, looking to connect with more people, bring more clients in. And then he said, are you hanging out where the diamonds are? Because you want mm-hmm. diamonds. So are you actually hanging out where the diamonds are? I'm like, maybe not. So that's, I think, a really great thing for us to kind of to land on here is the, are you really being um, intentional about all your, how you're running your business and marketing and in your business? And do you have a plan and structure in place that you can follow so that you don't get stalled and stuck and in purgatory? Now, I know, Kat, you have a gift for all of the listeners today. I do. It is called the 10 Key Questions to Boost Your Sales Potential. And it is a deeper dive into exactly what we are discussing. And it will help prompt you to think more deeply and help you fix those strategy mishaps or that you've ignored Mm -hmm. so you can pick the right tactics 
that will move you forward yeah. faster in your business. Kat, you know, thank you so much for being here. You and Scarlett are part of one of my power pack groups where I invest in, uh, we both, uh, all three of us invest in a specific coach. I came in, in a, in a place to like, how do I hire some really good VAs? And I'm so grateful for that because I've been able to find Christine and Carissa and they're absolutely amazing. And I just thank you, Kat. And I'm just going to go back to kind of thank Scarlett for being part of that group and um, really, you know, stepping up and being like, I want to speak at your event. And uh, I was like, okay, tell me about you. So it's been a pleasure, Kat, to get to know you better. Thank you for bringing a gift and for bringing these three different strategies that really we needed to be thinking about when we were looking at our marketing. So well, thank you so much for the invitation to join you and for our early on networking that brought us to here. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you liked it and you got some great takeaways, then please write a comment below. And make sure you hit subscribe and share with a friend. Sharing is caring. <laughs> and if you have a review that you would like to do, we are featuring reviews on the episodes. And so share your takeaways, share what this podcast has done for you. We have won a bunch of awards for the content that we have, for the women that we showcase. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Until next time, stay dynamic. Bye. dynamic women for joining us today please hop on over to itunes to subscribe and leave us a review who do you know who needs to hear our message we'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family if you're ready to be more dynamic have more balance and more success head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book stay dynamic